Today, it's my joy to be celebrating our 100th episode with the founders of Homeschool Connections, the sponsors of our program, Walter Crawford and Maureen Whitman. If you're able to pause and relax with us, we'll be raising a glass together and having a virtual party, and we'd love to have you join in. We're going to talk about our own homeschools, our favorite homeschooling tips, podcast episodes, worst homeschool day ever, favorite easy meals, and inviting you to be a part of Homeschooling Saints. Don't miss this. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and we're celebrating today 100 episodes. And we are so grateful to all of you, our listeners, for becoming a part of this worldwide community by inviting us into your homeschools. And we are especially grateful to God for blessing our small efforts to serve this beautiful Catholic community of homeschooling families and those considering homeschooling. It is our delight to serve you. And we want to hear from you, and we would love to have you contribute to this program. I'll be sharing my email address throughout the show and in the show notes. So do reach out. You can find me at Lisa at WonderfullyMade139.com. And now I'd like to invite our two extremely special guests, special to me, special to many of you, the founders of Homeschool Connections, Walter Crawford and Maureen Whitman, to lead us in prayer. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Great to see you guys. Great to see you. So we'll start off with prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the most precious blood of the divine son jesus union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory for sinners everywhere for sinners in the universal church those in my own home and with my within my family for also for these past 99 episodes and for all and for this episode and for future episodes of the homeschooling saints podcast Maureen and Lisa, would you like to offer any other intentions? Please bless all of our listeners and all of uh, the people we interview. Please bless the Catholic homeschooling community. Help us to build up the kingdom for you. And Lord, I, I just thank you for Walter and Maureen. They've always such, had such a heart for you and kind of fell over backwards into creating this company and attracted so many hearts to you, Lord, and supported so many people along the way with creating this place to come and learn. And, and I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity to be a small part of their efforts. And I praise you, Lord, for bringing us together and for all the ways that you bring homeschoolers together, the way you cross our paths with each other in beautiful, um, kind of destined uh, ways that help lead us closer to you and bless our families. And for Lisa and all the work that she's been doing in the podcast. And we ask this in your name, Amen. Amen. All right. This is going to be so much fun. It's just <laughs> nice to hang out with you guys. It is. And I do want to say, Lisa, just thank you for being open to this. Walter and I came to you and said, hey, we have this crazy idea. <laughs> and, and you said yes. And it's meant the world. It really has. So thank you. You're, you're so dedicated and organized and you bring all these amazing people to the table. It's gosh, It's been a fun three years. Oh, thank you so much. It's very humbling to hear you say that because I have to pinch myself every day that you guys 
thought of me, you know, uh, just, uh, it felt Who like, else is uh, there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is there any other Lisa that we want to? No one else we could think of who could do this better oh, than you. So completely yeah, agree. You guys, no, don't get me weeping right at the start because I'll be a mess and I won't be able to yeah, do I anything get, oh, else. I got my Kleenex. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. All right. So, so why don't you guys just start us off with? What, you know, as long as we're talking about how this all got started and what you were thinking, yeah. just step us into what that was like for you. Well, you know, Walter and I are always looking for, you know, how we can better serve the Catholic homeschooling community. And, you know, I personally for quite a while was looking for a Catholic homeschool podcast that I could listen to, right? I mean, I'm driving to and from homeschool co-op and and like to listen to podcasts because I'm out in the country. It's a 45 minute drive each way. And um there wasn't anything out there. So, you know, Walter thought it was a great idea and just Holy Spirit driven, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that while I wasn't necessarily a big consumer of podcasts at the time, it prompted me to start looking into that. What Marine was bringing up, there aren't any many Catholic homeschool podcasts. And, you know, I, and I, she just, and I confirmed, I confirmed what Maureen was saying that, yeah, there isn't that many out there, if any, and the ones that were, were kind of hit or miss, or they weren't consistent. And they, they, some right. of them, they're older and they, they didn't, um, they weren't necessarily doing anything. They weren't active. So we thought, well, golly, let's do this. Let's make this happen. So it was a no brainer. Uh, and then, and then, then we had to ask ourselves, all right, how do we do a podcast? Because we've never done one before. <laughs> And two, who would be the person that would do it? Um, <laughs> and that was a big, because Maureen and I, yeah, we're like, well, we could do it, but would we be the right person to do it? And would we be consistent? Because we're busy doing, yeah. you know, running homeschool connections. Like, we need someone who can be consistent and stay on top of it and make sure it's a priority. Yeah. Because that was that, really important. Lisa was our first choice. And there's not, yeah, a, uh, our very was, first choice. that was and, easy. <laughs> All right, stop it, you guys. So, I'm gonna, so cheers to Lisa. <laughs> now I'm starting to wish this wasn't just apple juice. <laughs> well, you know, we just felt that the homeschooling, the Catholic homeschooling community really needed their own podcast. There are a lot of great homeschooling podcasts out there. And there are a lot of great Catholic, you know, podcasts out there that can help Catholic homeschoolers. We didn't have our own designated Thing. And now some have come about since we started, but at mm -hmm. that time we were, we were pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. So that was the motivation, just trying to fill all. And I love the mm -hmm. way you can see patterns in the way God speaks to people and reveals his plans because with homeschool connections, even before that, just doing free opportunities for the parents. And then they started asking you for things for their kids. And then amazing people asked you if they could create courses for homeschool connections. I mean, the right. way it all felt, you both have a gift for it, almost like a charism for noticing the gap, noticing where a need is not being fulfilled, and then having the courage to step in to just, yeah, we never did this before. How many times did you say that to each other? We've never done this before, but maybe we should. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I guess that's true. I, when you put it that way, I, <laughs> I guess that's true. We we really not, I mean, you don't really stop and think, at least I don't, I don't stop and think, oh, is this, you know, is this, should we be doing this? Or, you know, those questions do come up. No, we were asking ourselves questions like, do we need to buy a microphone? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of equipment do we need? What do how do we record this? What kind of software? Yeah, that was need? that was a big that was a big question mark for us. What what <laughs> software do we use? And you know, unfortunately, so you had a little bit of background already. You'd been, I think, tinkering with uh, Zoom already. Uh, and that seemed to fill the void that we we're the biggest void that we were probably having the hardest time with because naturally you want to be able to interview people remotely uh, in, in the comfort of their situation. And so it, it made sense to find something online that could record the cloud and things of that sort. And so right. you were you were kind of the trailblazer on that end. And, and that was a big question we were struggling with. And you, you nailed it out of the, you know, just, so that was perfect. That was a, that was that was probably the biggest in terms of logistics that we needed to have covered. Apart from the fact that we needed to secure people that wanted to be interviewed and that would be kind of perfect for the audience that we have. And so yeah, it, so again, it goes back to you know while we while we set the ball in motion, you're the one pushing it ever since. So yeah. there is some let, let's not you know I think that's a, that's a really important factor uh, in in keeping this thing going. So. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I really appreciate it. And I don't want to make it just sound like we're all like, oh, no, you, no, you. But I do get old. Yeah. And so we, we should move on. But I do want to just say yeah. that I'm technologically extremely inept. And if you hadn't done all the research and worked really hard at creating all of the technical net for this to happen and for me to just book guests and have great conversations. I mean, you've had my back the whole way. And, you know, Maureen, always in that heart space of what matters to people, what's really mm -hmm. going to help them, both of you, really. Um, yeah. So we've had the technical, we've ha always had the three of us great conversations. And so let's touch on some of the other things that have come out of this, our short features, any future plans? Gosh, I love the short features. So, you know, if you're a listener to the podcast, make sure you're always listening to the very end because those are just gems, right? Like Chantel and and uh, Paula. Amy, and, Paula. Um, yeah. Dave. I'm like, Dave. Yeah, they're all yeah. so good. So always make sure you listen to the end. Of, and we are thinking about breaking out and doing like a little sh like mini podcast, right? So our ours tend to be, what, 30, 40 minutes long. Um, maybe doing like a five, 10 minute version and, you know, maybe start out by featuring those short features in their own little podcast. So, <clears throat> you know, we have some ideas to expand on that where um, we are, we just created a new intro and outro for YouTube. So we're going to be putting up um, a lot of the past episodes up on YouTube. So we didn't do that originally. It was just this audio file that went up on YouTube. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, we just want to make it more accessible for people and video so much more. You know, I love podcasts for driving and in the car or while I'm working or doing dishes, but sometimes it's nice to have a video too. So, yeah. Yeah. What else are we doing, Walter? I mean, well, I mean, I think we're, we're trying to, you know, we, when we first started, we, we just were trying to find a home to put our podcast. And so we landed on Podbean and made that, you know, channel that through the various ways in which you can access podcasts but i think we're trying to really develop our our uh, the, the podcast page so it's off the home page it is currently but having its own place calling it its own home right now it's kind of a, a stepchild in the sense that it's not <laughs> um, it's not really inter integrated into the family as much as say um, if we had just homegrown it from the web page or website. So that's another aspect of it we're trying to uh, incorporate. And that'll make it even more accessible to everyone that's out there who's a consumer of the podcast. And frankly, because through the video work that we're doing, the intro and outro stuff, we're trying to generate 
um, more subscribers because we want people to realize what good content's out there that's already been done by Lisa and the other guests. So uh, to that end, we're, we're, the videos themselves are, are, have invitations at the end that did not exist before other than the verbal requests that Lisa would make. There's going to be a button there that you'll see on these videos to subscribe and also to to see the other videos that are before it or after it or other related content that would be very beneficial for people to to consume. So I think that's a big part of it. And lastly, I would say in our show notes that, that are so well done, um, what we're trying to do is for episode for recurring guests for guests that have happened in the past we're including previous episodes that they've been a part of so if you're if you're trying to figure out okay well you're going to hear names that we're going to mention about our favorite episodes and whatnot you're going to know that in those uh, in in the in the in those episodes that they've been a part of and say it's their second or third time we'll include the previous episode links in the show notes for for those guests so yeah. I think it's important to note too, Lisa, that you know while Walter and I run Homeschool Connections, this podcast was created for all Catholic homeschool families. This is not a Homeschool Connections podcast. Walter yeah. and I are the producers, but um, we didn't do this <laughs> just for Homeschool Connections. We did this for everybody. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. here, here. Okay, so you mentioned episodes. Throw out some yeah. of your favorites. What? What do you remember most fondly that we've done? Uh, what stands out for you? Well, it's kind of like picking your favorite child. How am I supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> um, I loved when we had Brother Guy. Like, I thought that was just, to me, that was kind of like, wow, we got the Vatican astronomer, right? I mean, how cool is that? So that was a really good one. Mm. Um, we've had Mary Ellen Barrett on a few times. She's always good. Um, Kendra Tierney's been on a few times too. She does liturgical year stuff. She's coming up, I think, for some Advent and Christmas episodes. So I'm excited about that. Um, Paula Siscana, she did um, Curing Mommy Overwhelm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's a really important topic, right? Just, I just really met, I think, Catholic homeschool might really need it. That's one of our most popular episodes. Um, Tony Esselin, Christmas is coming up. He did his episode on Christmas Carol. That was good. So I don't know. There's so many. It's hard to, yeah. this is off the top of my head. I love Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with those. I think the ones that stand out are the ones, that, you know, I, it is hard to pick the, the best, very best one or the favorite one. But I will say that the things that really help moms and parents uh, where they're at, when they're at it, I think those are the ones that, typically are the ones I tend to, because you hear about, there's comments that are made in, in our community, uh, on the Facebook page, when we post them there too, you know, the ones that, and even the comments that are made by parents on the podcast channel, they'll make uh, about, well, this really is what I needed uh, when I needed it. Um, I'm also a big advocate for the things that are kind of very practical in the sense that, like I think uh, as Patrick Cavanaugh did, an episode on um, internet security and how to how to keep your children safe. Given yes. the the plight that internet, uh, you know, has a lot of beautiful things about it, but it also has some negatives <laughs> to be sure. And you know, his his interest in trying to protect children, and and I think that was maybe not one of the most um, uh, 
watched or listened to episodes, but it's certainly one of I think is one of the more valuable, uh, given the, the difficulties that parents are facing and students with trying to protect their kids from all the bad stuff that's out there. So those are some of the things that come to mind for me. And, and by the way, Homeschooling 101 and 102, I think I know who did that podcast. <laughs> Maureen Whitman. <laughs> Maureen Whitman. So those are the kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, that might that be the say. most watched one. Yeah, it is. And I think that's simply because we try to, that, that's one that we, we try to encourage parents to watch when they, you know, buy a class or, you know, or they're looking to, yeah. you know, part of Well, they came out of the pandemic, years. right? There's so many new homeschoolers. Yeah. And they were launched at the beginning of the of the school year, so that had a lot to do with it too. So yeah. it, it just made a lot of sense, uh, and, and and I think so many people can relate to the need to understand the basics, uh, especially now, right in the pandemic, like you said, Maureen. So much, so many parents kind of walked into this, or in some cases forced into it, and and now I think they're staying in it for all the right reasons because they see kind of the yeah. Uh, the way things are going in the public school system, uh, it, it's it's a real challenge, right, for these parents to kind of have to walk into this. But I think so many of them, and, and I follow homeschooling.com on Twitter, and I can't tell you how many testimonies come up with parents saying, you know, I didn't know what homeschooling was. I didn't know how to do it, but I've been doing it for the last, you know, few months, a year, two years now. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So many parents find the beauty uh, out of what is was a kind of a dark moment, right? In, in, our, in our time, recent history, they found the beauty in um, in doing this. And I think that's that's typical of. Now, I'm not saying everyone it's it's right for them. We won't. Marina and I do not subscribe to that philosophy, but we do know that it's right for a lot of people, especially um, you know when you when you are motivated to try not and, and all, all parents are but they're motivated to try and do what's best for their children and they see the love of learning that kind of blossoms through homeschooling uh it it just uh it, it anyway so a lot of people are like those episodes because of how it helps them become better homeschoolers despite the circumstances that they're put in yeah, and we have a lot of episodes that deal on uh, in, in the in joy, things that have to do with the liturgical year or just times of struggle, where we've had some amazing people, including Mary Ellen Barrett and others, who have talked about uh, holding on to that. I think what one of the things that tickles me pink is that the women and the men on the show tend to to do really interestingly unique things. In other words, women we've had uh, best nutritional food on a budget or, yeah. or, or cheap interior design tips or asking for help when, you're, when you really need it. Mary Ellen Barrett started us off with episode one, Busting Myths About Homeschooling. It's that, that heartfelt, practical, but also that underneath it all, the inspiring piece. And then we've had some amazing, some of our are incredible instructors, and and we've in the year of Saint Joseph, we're having kind of an explosion of amazing men, which is neat. Um, but last year we had Tom Fredericks talking about science, and the guy has he and his family are practically homesteading. They have orchards and everything else. So for him, science is yeah. it's the lab, but it's also life. It's also the outdoors. And we had we just had um, recorded an episode coming in the spring with Nick Wilson on homesteading, things like that. Like this kind of this the the husbands involved 
involvement. We did a beautiful one in our first season with Joseph Pierce on the role of the father in the, in the homeschool. And so those are some of my favorites. The really practical, the inspiring, and you mentioned Brother Guy, Consul Magno, the Vatican astronomer. So much fun. Such a funny guy. I need to get him back on again. Yes, brilliant. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And an incredibly inspiring faith, and that's the other thing, too. And then I think of Jenny Bales every time we have her on. She mm. makes me feel like I can do more. She just is right. so... Uh, she is such a mom in the trenches saying, well, we needed um, retreats for moms, so we created do-it-yourself. We did it. We did it. Or, or right. I noticed everybody in on my Facebook book group needed curriculum suggestions, so she, now she has this mega curriculum list. So um, I guess just people's responses and some of the incredible instructors, too, that we have at Homeschool Connections who have been on the show. They're wonderful. Many of them homeschoolers themselves. And that's the beauty of the Catholic homeschooling community. I mean, that's something I saw from day one when I first came into this was this desire to help one another. Okay, like Jenny, yeah. we need this, so let's do it. You know, I mean, how many times do you see that in the community? That's so important, you know. So I encourage everyone to really be enmeshed in your local community. And if you see a need, start it or help someone start it, you know. I, I couldn't agree more. I think one of the most endearing parts of being in the community that we're a part of, anytime everyone anyone has a child, there's always a rallying cry. Train. Bring them food. <laughs> you know, yeah. Bring them food. We know you need it. <laughs> that kind of thing. And, you know, that I think that pretty much is kind of interesting. You contrast that with, I know, with my cousins who live across town um, and they don't homeschool. Uh, but when we offered to, to bring them food after they had a child, it was like, what? What are you, why are you doing that? What are you talking about? It was a foreign concept to them, a completely foreign idea, which kind of struck me. Like, I can't believe that that's such a, a, a different idea. But that was pretty much what we, what we kind of um, enveloped us when we started having children or when we continued to have children. Um, uh, once we were part of that community, uh, the being part of the local experience is what kind of sold helped sell me on the homeschooling experience. You know, it wasn't like that was the, that was the biggest thing, but it certainly was part of it. Oh yeah. So draw out of your own experiences, some of the things that you would just like to share with our listeners, best tips or um, a philosophy, an outlook, what has helped you? Um, so I would say to that, um, well, as a, as a dad, I think it's really important that the dads do a number of things, but you have to be kind of a, uh, you have to be that person to help back up your, your wife. Um, if she's the one homeschooling, um, if, if, if it's the other way around and it, you know, if they're choosing the foot, which we know some examples, then of course the mom would be there to back up the dad. But I think that's key. And, and that, that type of support comes in a number of ways. One, I think it means, that the realization that your wife or the other person, your your husband, um, needs time away from the kids in a way that's constructive for them personally. And it, and it might mean that they need, like, I'll give my wife off every Tuesday and Wednesday evening to kind of to do what she needs to do to plan or to just, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Just decompress. decompress. Yeah, decompress. <laughs> Um, hang out with her friends, you know, that for her, that means a lot. I mean, it, 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 it helps, you know, she, it kickstarts it, it kick her energy 
but a bucket, if you will, it recharges her battery. And that is, that is really, really important. Um, secondly, I would say as a dad to be there, um, to be the principal, you know, or to be even the, even the substitute teacher if necessary. Um, it doesn't have to be just limited to the, uh, you know, the administration. It could be that you're actually involved in the, the teaching side of things. And teaching comes in a number of ways, right? That's one thing I love about homeschooling. And frankly, this is what I kind of garnered from adult education and, and my, and the degree that I received, my postgraduate degree is that is this idea that education does not have to end or begin with high school <laughs> or end with high school or end with college or four year degree. It continues. In fact, in fact, that's what most people experience. So why should it be any different for our children, right? It, that that means education can happen in, in various aspects. So, for example, taking the kids, like I worked on a, 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 a with a friend of ours who's a wood, uh, he has a woodworking sh wood shop in his uh, in his on his property. So I took my son out there and we worked on uh, building um, a step stool from scratch. And so he's learning the, the, the math that's behind it and the precision and things like that. And then how to care for it, how to, how to sand it down, how to paint it and stuff like that. Projects like that. Those are, those are kind of the adulting 101 projects, right? It gives them the can do attitude that dads can pass along to their children. So, um, you know, and, and, and I guess the last thing and probably may, should be number one, but I think be that spiritual head for your family. Um, you know, be be that person who t says, you know, I think we need to say a rosary, uh, you know, today, or maybe let's go to mass today as a family. Let's do daily mass, and be that person, be the dad, be the be the role model for the kids, um, to to bring them. Because I think that if you can fill those fill those gaps, right, then and then the, the mom or who, if it's again it's, it's it's the other way around, can fill in the educational aspects of it then the experience is a total experience, I think. So those are my things. That's what's kind of going through. <laughs> Beautiful. <clears throat> what are you thinking? Well, I, you know, I think for me, um, the biggest thing was the realization that I didn't have to follow the school model, right? When, when my first day officially homeschooling, I had bought some desks at a garage sale. I made the kids sit at the desk and raised their <laughs> hands to go to the bathroom and called on them. And <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have to follow that school model. In fact, probably the best piece of homeschooling advice I've, I've ever been given, and anyone who's heard me speak has probably heard this before, but skip kindergarten. Best piece of homeschooling advice I ever got. You know, those younger years are, are a time to build a joy and love for discovery, for learning. Um, I, I'm in the better late than early crowd, right? What's that book, Better Late Than Early by the, uh, what's the name of that couple? But anyway, that to me, that was the, um, we'll find it and put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it down. <laughs> um yeah, for me, it was just coming to the realization that I don't have to follow the school model. You know, I don't have to follow their curriculum. I don't have to follow their scope and sequence. And I can skip kindergarten. And uh, Meaning not regimenting your child at an early not age. Not regimenting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, kindergarten, right? When, when I was a kid, we didn't even have kindergarten. 
I didn't, you know, my Catholic school didn't have kindergarten. It wasn't even a thing. And then for a long time, it was optional and now it's mandatory. And instead of playing and having fun, we're, we're getting into academics and already. So, yeah, I mean, you can still learn how to spell and, and, or, you know, how to read, how to do math. You can learn those things, but it should be natural and fun. And in that kind of environment at that age, it doesn't need to be all workbooks all day long. They don't have to sit in a chair. You know, they can sit on a ball. They can be outside and make the outdoors your classroom in those early years. Yeah. And I love your episode on making learning natural in the summertime, Maureen. Oh, yeah. It really opens up what that looks like and what are some of the inspirations and touchstones for really making the most out of just being outdoors with your kids. Right. I mean, it just I was just in a Q&A for Catholic homeschool moms in the Thrive community recently and someone they came up and I was telling how, you know, my I have, my oldest son was the national champion for muzzle loading. <laughs> <laughs> now, knowing how to do black powder, how to do muzzle loading is not a skill that he uses in his adult life. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not something he had to learn um, to do his job, but but he did learn from it. He learned how to be on a team. You know, he learned how to focus. He learned how to um, work hard to get to reach his goals. So everything doesn't have to be purely academic for a child to be successful in their life after high school. Yeah, amen and amen. And I and I'll add just two quick uh, favorite tips for me is just to use where you are. If you're in a city, oh my goodness, the opportunities for culture and for being among people yeah. and that kind of a sidewalk culture. If you're in the rural areas, oh my goodness, foraging and nature study and just so much outdoors, reenacting civil war battles as my my niece's husband did as a kid up in rural. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, Canada. Um, but the point is just look around and also do what you can to be with people. Don't don't isolate if you can. Um, and then let's step in just quickly. Let's do a little round robin of brief stories. Worst homeschool day ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can start off that. And I think for me, um, you know, I, I think it's the times when my wife is sick. Mm-hmm. I'm busy with work. And we got to find something for the kids to do. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's, that's a bit of a challenge, right? Um, Those are rough. So it, it, it doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, it's probably the, the biggest struggle that we all face. And I think my, the answer, I think the solution is patience, right? Tomorrow's another day. I think we tend to get yeah. caught up in, I think all of us do. We're so impatient nowadays. Everything has to be happening has they have to have an answer immediately, right? There has to be some resolution and we're not willing to wait. Um, I think patience in that situation and, and real and the recognition is that, you know, we're not, um, you know, this isn't about a one day or two day thing. This is a long-term involved, committed relationship based project. And that's called mom, dad, children. Right. Mm-hmm. And God and God binding it all together. And I think that we, we tend, you know, anyway, so I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, but the, the, the worst day was, you know, just kind of, you know, this is going nowhere <laughs> kind of day and for good reasons. And then, but realizing that this isn't, it's just because, I mean, it kind of, it, it kind of makes me reflect on the fact that why well, I remember a priest telling us, um, this is another parish. He said, you know, 
based on the confessions, what I hear in confession, he said, your, your, your kids are better off, even high schoolers are better off. You put them in a, in a coloring book and crayons in front of them and, and homeschooling them that way rather than sending them to public school. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now, by the way, not all public schools are like that. Or I just do as a caveat, but, but for, but his experience and the way he was positioning is like, you know what, there's so much garbage out there that's affecting these kids. Um, it's you're better off. So, um, you know, realizing that that's the alternative, right. Or that is a possible alternative. It's okay. This, this shoe, to, this shoe will, or this too will pass. <laughs> this shoe might pass too, but, but you know, I think that's probably the worst day. And, and, you know, I'd say just and my answer to that is just be patient. Right. Mm, so good. Maureen, what came to mind for you? Um, I'm kind of wrecking my brain. Like what, so I'm done homeschooling, right? I mean, my my youngest is a freshman in college. I'm done. And I guess I have rose color. Don't, don't rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> don't rub it in. Well, yeah, because I have the joy right now of, of supporting my, you know, my son and oldest son and my oldest daughter who are both homeschooling. That's pure joy. Um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of like, you know, my mom, I remember saying one time, Oh, you know, Maureen, I don't remember having any trouble with you when you were a teenager. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> but, but you do, you look back and I see all the good times and, and I, you know, I'm at the other end now. And what I see is the fruits of our efforts. I'm sure there were bad days. Um, just don't dwell on them. Just move on and all right, reflect. What did we do? Why was that a bad day? And what can we do to make sure that doesn't happen again? <laughs> or, you know, or how do we fix it? You know, I mean, I know when we had particularly bad days, there were times when I would just say, okay, everyone get in the car. We're going to McDonald's Playland. We're going to call our friends. You know, we're going to go in the backyard and run and play. We're going to burn off some energy or uh, go to a museum. That was usually my, um, you know, my way of getting around a bad day. But I, you know, I, honestly, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Thinking of any particularly bad days that we had. Um, yeah, it's so just, nice just to hear, it. Maureen, but, yeah, that you remember the good times. Yeah, yeah. So those of you who are in the midst of it, like you remember those bad times when you're in the middle of it. But just know that um, the good outweighs the bad. And when you get to my side of it, you're gonna, it's going to be all worth it. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. Can't agree more. Right. Be patient. Be patient. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, we're in the middle of it, right? We're, we, yeah, you're in the middle of it still. Well, I, our youngest is four, so we have we have a long road ahead of us. Still, we all we graduated our oldest, but but we still have five in between, right? The five coming after. So there's a lot there's a lot still of work still uh, that lies ahead. But you know what? We are seeing the fruits of it too, and we're seeing that right. it's okay, you know. And well, and you know what else? A, a friend of mine once said, and this was kind of one of those pivotal moments for me. You know, it was one of those moments when I'm when I'm searching, you know, um, boarding schools in France. And she said, you know, Maureen, raising children's hard. You have bad days when they go to school too. trust. And we have more of them because her kids were in school. And that was kind of a changing point for me. So, you know, if you're having struggles homeschooling, you don't have struggles when they go to school too. It's just parenting is hard, period. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I just want to say, share one little thing, too, is that it took me several years to convince my husband to homeschool. And then the day after he finally said, okay, let's do it, and I ordered a box of school from one of the great companies, 
he found out he was being laid off. And oh, so I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to return it as soon as it arrives, get her back in school. And because this was literally right before school was starting. And but God provided. He ended up doing part time and kind of freelance work for three years as we first started homeschooling. And we had so wow. much time with daddy. Uh, so I just want to say that God does provide. We've interviewed people on this program who have homeschooled through very severe chronic illness, through bereavement, through all sorts of troubles. And troubles do come. But God draws our families closer together in those struggles. It's really quite beautiful when you look at it in retrospect. Doesn't mean it's easy when it's happening, yeah. as you said, Amen. as you've both Amen. said. Yeah. 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 Um, how about those days when there's no time to make dinner and everybody is hungry and things are about to all fall apart? What have you both relied on or your, or your wife, Walter? I don't know if you cook in your home. Oh, yeah. What do you do for that quick meal in an emergency? <laughs> well, I do cook. Actually, I like cooking. Um, I, I don't cook the healthiest meals, but I'm good at cooking. <laughs> At least I'm good at, good at cooking some things. Um, Are you telling me you're a good Southern cook? I I, I can cook. I can cook some decent uh, comfort food. You know, um, awesome. If you especially a little spice in it, a little kick in it, I can I can do that. Um, <laughs> you know, for us when we when we find ourselves kind of short on time, you know, there are two two real there are two options that come to mind. One, we love a good Stouffer's lasagna. <laughs> you know, so good, right? They're not bad at all, and a big one will feed a family. And you think that's that's on the cheap if you think about it. How many people are feeding <laughs> with that? Um, so that's one thing that we do. Uh, quick meals. Uh, you know, I I used to think hamburgers took a long time, but if you just stay with the basics, if you just want a patty and you want it cooked. Uh, I watched a video from Chef Gordon Ramsay <laughs> on how to oh, cook a hamburger. He's amazing. He's he is amazing. amazing. And three minutes on both sides of the hamburger. That's all you need. A high heat. Um, Smash high, burger. It's amazing. And it, yeah. it, 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 it's juicy and, and it's, you know, it's really good. But, um, <laughs> but you know, you could cook something like that. Although with meat prices today in 2021, it's gotten a little more expensive than, than, you know, but I think, but, but those are the kinds of things that come to mind. Um, you know, what we love, what we like to do are making our home, own uh, pizzas. So we'll do, we'll sometimes periodically do that. We just make our own pizza with pizza dough and, uh, you know, throw out uh, some sauce and pepperoni and cheese and call it done. And kids love it too, because they're usually involved um, in making mm -hmm. it and they're rolling the dough out and stuff like that. So, um, and that's a pretty quick meal. It gets kind of messy and it does <laughs> okay. take some uh, cajoling in some cases to get the kids to do stuff. But, but, I, but I like the quick meal like that. If, if, if we're talking about something and I guess the other thing is probably if you know, there's going to be a busy week ahead or a busy day ahead, what we try to do, we're not really good at it, but we try to do if we have enough forethought. So cook a lot of food on Sunday. Um, uh, and, and, and kind of, and, 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 make sure that we have enough for leftovers the next day or the, the day after. Um, and on occasion we'll even, uh, uh, we'll actually prepare food in advance, right? That's the rare, that's the rare occasion. Let's freeze it and we'll, we'll make it, we'll, we'll, un, we'll thaw it out when it's time. Uh, <laughs> but those are the kinds of things we try to do, you know, keep it on the cheap or even um, to make it an easy meal. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Maureen, what came to mind for you? Oh, the crock pot. 
<laughs> I mean, every every homeschool day is busy. Every homeschool day, it's, you know, you can't make gourmet meals. And, and we did some like what Walter said, you know, yeah. cooking on Saturday and putting stuff in the freezer. <clears throat> but for me, it was the crock pot. And uh, I, I even did a chapter. I dedicated a chapter in a Catholic homeschool companion on the crock pot. <laughs> now, today we have the Instapot. So, you know, the crock pot I like is I could put stuff in it in the morning. Right. We could go off to our homeschool co-op or whatever, come home and dinner is ready. Um, but, you know, if you forget to turn on the crock pot and you have an Instapot, I mean, you can throw in frozen meat, right? Frozen chicken and yeah. some peppers and whatever in the fridge. And you got Bam. dinner. So that's amazing. I would, I would echo that. By the way, one thing. I, here's a quick meal. If you ever want to try this is introduced to us by family. You can go to Costco if you have a Costco in your area, or you don't have to have Costco. You can just if you <laughs> pick your favorite sausage of choice. And I don't mean like breakfast sausage. I mean the, the kind of the link sausage, like Italian and, sausage. Yeah, whatever you know, whatever you whatever you find. Like what we like to do is we like to get the kielbasa, and you get a kielbasa sausage, which I found out was actually named after a guy. It's not really a type of sausage. <laughs> it's just named after a guy. Anyway, um, but you cut it up in, in half inch sections. And as many as you want, throw it in the rinse pot, put in uh, some barbecue sauce, put in a little water to help pressurize it. Eight minutes, done. It's you're, And it tastes like restaurant quality. It's so good. <laughs> so it's, and we use Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. I love Sweet Baby Ray's. Oh, it I love it too. Delicious. It is so good. Easy, easy, easy. Takes about, really about 15 minutes to prepare. Awesome. I used to keep, um, because we have all sorts of special food restrictions, I would keep a gluten and dairy-free, a few of these little boxes of mac and cheese in the freezer, cans of tuna, frozen peas. I would combine yeah. those three things for a quick meal. It was delicious. Just peas, mac and cheese, and tuna. Mm -hmm. It was like an mm -hmm. instant casserole. The best meals are simple. Yeah. Uh, unbelievably. Right? Any, yeah. Anyway, we're going to run out of time, but just quickly, <laughs> yeah. favorite resources or somebody who inspired you? So someone who inspired me when I first started homeschooling, someone gave me Laura Burquist's book, Designing Your Own Classical Curriculum. So this was back when, in the day, before when it was um, stapled down the middle, middle, right? She was selling it at conferences. Oh, wow. Uh, but that helped me a lot. But probably the biggest influence on me was just local community, those local women, those local friends, those unsung heroes who took me under their wing. And I mean, you know, it was one of them who gave me Laura Burquist's book, which I ended up owning. I have so many copies because I give it away and get a new one. And, but yeah, it's just those local friendships meeting for mass on first Fridays, you know, uh, building different clubs and community and, and, helping each other and advising one another. And when someone is sick, helping them or having a baby, you know, when I found myself really ill, these women coming and taking my kids, you know, to, to their homeschool class, bringing me meals and doing my grocery shopping. And, um, but also giving me advice on those days when again, right. Googling and boarding schools in France, um, <laughs> talking me off the edge. Right. Uh, so yeah, th those were probably the two big influences when I first started was that book and just local community, those local friends. God bless them. I'll put Laura's book in the show notes too. Okay. I would say to that question, um, well, actually, I was the one who kind of introduced homeschool, the idea of homeschooling to my wife. It was 
at least I was the advocate for it. She might've mentioned it to me, but I think I was the one who really was the advocate for it because again, I was going through my degree program in adult learning and I thought, you know, they, they keep talking about how most learning happens outside of school. So what <laughs> is, why, why not try this? Why not kind of bring this along with our own kit, with our own children? And it, clearly at the time, this is in the early 2000s, we already seeing the degradation of the schooling system that had been developing for the last 10, 15 years, whatever, 20 years, maybe. And so, you know, we were like, you know, we, we felt reluctant to put our kids into school. And we, at the time we only had one or two children. So, it was me pushing and they were young. So we weren't really at a point where we were going to be schooling them formally anyway, any, anytime soon. But it was, uh, I put that out in front of her and it was through that, that graduate program that I learned to like all these different facets of it. So I said, let's do this. Can we be willing to give it a try? And so, um, she like, uh, you, you gave us praise Lisa in the beginning for taking that risk. Uh, my wife did the same. She she kind of heeded my 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 wishes, I guess is what I would say. She's a teacher too, so that helped her a little bit. A former teacher, so she that helped her have her more confidence. But um, but she heeded it, and then we kind of moved forward together. We, we said this is going to be good for us, and so that was probably the biggest initial influence. Um, in terms of resources, I would say I loved Marines. Marine and I have had a synergy ever, even before we were business partners. And that's kind of the funny thing about all this is that, and that's another story for another, another podcast, but, but Marine wrote a book on for the love of literature. And I fell in love with that book because it is exactly the way I think homeschooling. You could use that as your, your formulaic approach. If you want to have, you need a formula. That's a great one because it, it gives you a whole, especially the earlier years, right? You give you all these books on that, kids are they're being read to or they're being you know they're being taught and they they simply don't know about it like circumference and the knights is a circumference and the knights of the round table is a book yeah. that green recommends yeah. in that <laughs> book and it's it's a brilliant book about teaching them math but they're reading about it it's phenomenal and i love stuff like that so i think um you know those kind of uh niches you find from time to time there's those I'd call them nuggets uh, or Easter eggs, as it were, um, are things that are influential. And lastly, I would say conferences. I found to be conferences to be a gel, and I mean in-person conferences and all when they when they went, when they were had, <laughs> and even the virtual ones have been very very beneficial. Um, so you know those are the kind of and I love I love in-persons because you it's amazing the kind of people you meet while you're there and just seeing the smiles on their faces, getting to know the kids. Uh, I think that's really cool. I'll never forget one of the conferences, a quick sidebar. I was at a conference in Minnesota, and a young man walks up to me and says, Mr. Crawford, um, can I have your autograph? I'm like, um, sure. <laughs> he looked, <laughs> and he said, well, my brother, you know, you're the founder of Homeschool Connections, and my brother has uh, Philip Campbell's signature. And I, he feels like, I feel like since you're the founder, your, your signature will be worth more than Mr. Campbell's signature. <laughs> Because you're the founder, I'm like, oh, I guess if it's worth anything, uh, it'll probably take twenty thousand years for it to have any value. But um, just because of its antiquity, no other reason. But um, anyway, so yeah, it was it, uh, that kind of a. But I love that kind of experience. Those kind of those meaningful connections you build with people at these conferences. So. 
I've met some of my students at conferences as well. It's super fun. Um, I'll just say that my favorite resource always has been my friends, and Maureen mentioned that, and, and you've both mentioned such oh my gosh, inspiring things throughout this conversation. Um, as I'm listening to you, I'm absorbing it. There's so many times when I'm listening to people who are either currently homeschooling or they're veterans, where it almost makes me want to step back in time. Yes, it was hard, but there's so many things, oh, you know, when you just talk to other people that can inspire you. And that's what we hope this podcast will do. Everybody, if you have thoughts about things you'd like to share on the show, reach out to me, Lisa at wonderfullymade139.com. Um, feel free to reach out to us through Homeschool Connections, check out our course catalogs and our uh, unlimited access program, and do check out this podcast, share it with your friends, subscribe. Um, we're so blessed to be growing together with you. Any final thoughts to close us out with, Maureen and Walter? Oh, gosh. I, Go ahead, Walter. I was just going <laughs> to say, I think it's, it, it, first off, love the the idea of an 100 anniversary episode. Um and I'm grateful to be a part of it. I would say that, I, you know, looking forward, we'd love to have 200 episodes, right, and celebrate that. Um, so, and you can help that make that possible. So offer your ideas, forget, anyone who's listening to this that thinks they have a, uh, they'd love to be a guest on here and tell us why. And we would love to at least consider it um, because we find that, you know, we are not um, so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, so arrogant, I guess is the word I'd say, to think that we have the, we know who the right people are that should be listening to this podcast or you should be on the podcast by no means. If we feel like, if you feel like you, you have something to offer the homeschooling community, uh, please let it reach out to us and we would love to have you on the show. Um, and I would just say thank you to the people that do listen to to the podcast. You know, help keep sharing with others that you know that would be find it to be very valuable in their lives. And um, we'd love to be part of it. Oh, thank you, Walter. Yeah, just everything Walter said, there isn't really much more to add. We're, we're in this for the long run. This is, we, we may be doing this 10 years from now, having our 10-year anniversary. We'll, well, I'll be really old by then, but. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but yeah, I just encourage people to leave comments, tell us what you like, what you'd like to see, you know, what speakers you'd like to see, you know, like and share. And that helps us grow the, the community and, and reach more people and help more people. So, and again, sure. just thank you, Lisa, for being open to this. It's a big commitment that you took on in doing this. So yeah, here, here. Thank you. Here, here. And here's everyone. Thank you. Another hundred episodes. Another hundred episodes. All glory to God and God bless you, mm. um, my friends. Thank you for being with Amen. us. It's such a privilege. Welcome to the Thriving Catholic Homeschool Blueprint. My name is Paula Siskinik. I'm the co-founder of the Catholic Homeschool Network, Conferences, and Community. Here's my story. You see, I am by nature very goal-oriented and ambitious, and I, well, I sabotage myself and my sense of inner peace by using somebody else's vision of education and thus imposing this on me and my family. This vision was attractive at first in that it aligned with my comfort zone. You know, it suggested a curriculum and a schedule that resembled the things that I were, was familiar with, okay? It had to promise to give my kids the best education. 
to get them ready for the world, that it was also Christ-centered and beautiful. But in just a few years, very little of it was centered around my particular family. You see, it was still very school-designed. Now, being very goal-oriented, I tended towards lists and lesson plans to just use them as a guide. And if you check off all the assignments, things get done, right? Well, yes, they did, but at a great cost. I found that I had to tweak those plans more and more each year with each child. You see, the overall roadmap of these plans didn't take into account my particular children's strengths, interests, their needs. There wasn't time spent for discovery, for wonder. There was way too much time spent on covering all the regular subjects that are covered in a traditional brick-and-mortar school. And even though there was a great philosophy behind many of the plans I used, they were infused with literature, they were totally Christ-centered, there just never was enough time to do it all, ever. Now, I totally take ownership of making my homeschool like school because I chose this method. I like the accountability and I wanted to never shortchange my kids, not to ruin their education. I lacked confidence. What I needed to do was to tap into the grace of yes. Yes, the yes to my marriage, the yes to the openness of children. See, but then I hit a wall, and that was when my fifth child was having trouble learning to read. She didn't easily take to school at its pre-designed grade levels. She needed to blossom in her own time, and I knew that deep in my bones, we needed to change. I had to stretch myself, get uncomfortable, and make serious changes. I finally let go and stopped schooling. I finally had our family move towards the ultimate vision of education, the one that my husband and I originally determined for our kids. We wanted our children to feel a deep sense of success, know what that feels like, to spend time in discovery, in wonder, in learning, and to find their individual gifts and passions and interests to serve this world with their uniqueness. We truly embraced our unique family life, busy in particular to the individuals that make up my particular family. We scrapped big subjects. We used a combination of different learning and teaching techniques. And each and every year, it was different as I adapted to the new season of life. I found my inner peace. What I want you to do now is... Download my guide when you hit the button below this video. In it, I have some reflection questions. And I'm going to ask you to carve out time with your spouse to reaffirm or to get super clear on your particular family's educational goals. Post it somewhere in your house where you can review it often, maybe monthly, weekly, but definitely yearly as things change in your life, which they will year after year. By getting clear, by reaffirming your why you homeschool, you have taken step number one, which is so foundational to creating a successful, thriving homeschool plan. 
In the next video, I'm going to cover step two. Once I've got my wine, now how do I find the best fit for my family? I will reveal the cornerstone key principle that I stumbled upon, <laughs> I discovered, that revolutionized how I and the hundreds of families I coached find balance. Yes, I call it the one goal per child per year. Now, three years ago, Mark, my last year homeschooling, 25 years in the making. My story is unique to my family. You can absolutely, without a doubt, make your story unique to your family too. So right now, I'd love to know a little bit about you. What does having a realistic, doable homeschool plan tailored to the unique children with your why, your educational goal, what would that mean to you? Please add your comments below this video. And of course, if you like this video, you found it useful, I'd be so honored if you could share it with family and friends. See you in the next video. May God bless you abundantly. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.